Hey guys, welcome to For the Record, episode number 105. I'm really trying to get this back on a good schedule and doing at least a few episodes each week. Uh, I've got a lot to catch up on, but uh, I'm excited for this one. I'm just going to jump right into this. No sponsorship talk, no nothing right now. That'll come next week. Uh, this is episode number 105 with a really, really great rock band called Film Speed. Uh, they just put out a new record that's called Hexadecimal, which when I got pitched, I was super, super stoked on the name i thought it, it it caught my attention immediately and the the track i mean there's it's an 11 track album it came out uh october 13th on awfully good records and it like it pulls in a bunch of different elements of rock so there's a little bit of grunge you can hear some hard rock pop rock there's even a little like there's even uh hints of new wave and things like that it's a re- it's a really cool blending of all of those elements together but i got to speak with uh members craig and nick uh when they were in the car on their way to a show um i was recording from the studio they were in the car obviously as i just said um but yeah like i said we're just gonna jump right into this we should actually also have a write-up and a review going up um on shamelesspromo.net for hexadecimal pretty soon i'm still trying to play catch up on everything but i'm really excited to share this episode um so without further ado here's episode number 105 of for the record podcast with craig and nick of film speed enjoy Is this Craig? This is Craig. Is this Jared? Yeah, man. How you doing? It's always a good day to be me, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I, I could, I could, uh, I could say the same. Um, yeah. Uh, have you guys, have you guys finished practice today? I know this is a little bit uh, like later in the day. Yeah, it's no worries. We're actually Nick and I are in the same car, and we're actually getting ready to go out and see a friend's show about half hour south. So we're wonderful. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one. So, so, yeah, you're on speakerphone, and I've got Nick in the car next to me. Just Sweet. Way, uh, awesome. No worries. How's it going? How's it going, Nick? Awesome. Um, well, I'm excited to talk to you guys. Um, I. Uh, it's super. I guess the way that I want to start this is, it's really cool to start hearing that there's more. I guess just straightforward rock bands that are coming back into the scene. So I'm, uh, I was pleasantly surprised when I gave the record a listen. Uh, so uh, Hexadecimal is great, and I'm uh, really looking forward to chatting with you about it. Man, I appreciate that so much. I mean, it was just three of us, so we, uh, I mean, if you give us a whole collection of different instruments, it's probably come out sounding a lot different, but 
in the meantime, we've got a bunch of loud guitars, and <laughs> don't really know what else to do with them, but make a lot of noise. Definitely. So thank I mean, you. Yeah. No worries. I mean, that's I mean, that's kind of the way you got to do it, though. Uh, I mean, with rock. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, there really is a lot of great alternative music out there. But at the, like, and like, there's artists that are just that are killing it right now and that are making great songs. But at the same time, there's a lack of. I almost want to say there's a lack of distorted guitar in a lot of uh, like more straightforward alternative rock music so it, it's always nice whenever i get an album that comes across my desk that has that element to it that i feel is always kind of missing <laughs> it's kind of a curse for us because everyone says rock and roll is not selling no one likes rock anymore rock is dead and um i don't know i i i still like turning up my speakers really really loud same <laughs> um so, you know so I, I don't know if it's ever going to be truly dead i just think it's uh yeah oh definitely um i mean uh since you guys a, a little back in september you guys put out your debut single and since you guys i guess are more of a a newer band to the world at this moment you guys may have been together for a lot longer before that um just kind of behind the scenes building yourselves up working on music how did you? I guess how did you guys come together in the beginning? Who approached who? How did the uh, how did the trio uh, I guess coalesce and come together? Yeah, this thing started freaking forever ago. Now, <laughs> I've known, I've known each other for the better or worst, however you want to put it. Probably the worst part. <laughs> the last, like, Sixteen years. Um, we grew up in the same town, right outside of Detroit, Redford Township. We, it, you don't know it because Detroit is, is right there, and that's obviously much more noteworthy. Um, but we we grew up in the same town, like blocks from each other. We went to the same high school. We worked at the same grocery store. Um, and then, you know, after years of knowing each other, um, our music path just kind of just more or less crossed. He was playing with friends. I was playing with friends. And then um, it just made sense to start doing things together we were in such close proximity to each other and picked up a couple other guys and within you know like a year of doing that we said we're not rap and we're not a bar band so we gotta we gotta get out of detroit and it was either new york or la and uh i grew up you know we grew up with snow all of our lives so we might as well might as well go completely the opposite so we decided on L.A. We did the pop punk scene for a long time under a different name. That drummer ended up quitting. We moved out, you know, with him. He ended up uh, quitting. He's now a professor of astrophysics at UCLA. I Whoa! Yeah. That's, I, that's a career <laughs> jump. <laughs> I, I think his, his drums are still collecting dust. I think we've asked him. I asked him a couple years ago, but did you ever have, like, the itch? You know, like, do you have, like, if you were to set up the drums right now, do you have, like, the itch? He's like, you know, Craig, he's like, you can set me up on the biggest stage in the world, and you can put a drum kit, like, the finest tuned drum kit ever. He's like, I, nothing would stop me from jumping up on that stage and ripping it and playing. But if I have to talk to anyone, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and there's musicians so, that are like that, and that's totally okay. That's totally okay. <laughs> I said, well, that sounds like, you know, that sounds like a real personal thing. But Nick and I, we got a jam, man. Yeah. So now we're on, we, the last record we did with another drummer 
um, through virtue of Craigslist. We, we were with him for a couple of years, actually, grinding and doing the local scene. But then just over the last year, once we, we kind of parted ways with him, he was just headed in a different direction, more of like a, I don't know, like an indie and kind of like session cat kind of thing. He works with like five, ten different bands at a time. So wow. we kind of needed a full-time band member to call a band member and have pictures and shit with. So dedication. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. So once we linked up with Oliver, he's kind of in the same boat, and we kind of wanted all the same thing. So um, here we are now, just full speed ahead. The record is, it's like half songs that we recorded with him and half songs that we recorded with the old drummer. So um, they just kind of, I don't know why, but the universe kind of just slowly had us put together this full record instead. That's fantastic. Um, you mentioned a little bit earlier you guys had uh, done, you guys had done like a pop uh, pop punk thing for a little while and it was under a different name. What was the name of that project? I'm just curious because I wonder if it maybe, I, I'm a big pop punk uh, fan, so I don't know if that came across my radar at any point or um, just out of genuine curiosity. Well, I mean, we did, we, we toured with another band. It was called No One Goes Home. It, I mean, Nog for short. Hmm. Um, we did warp tour we we toured uh probably like three big national tours like 57 dates on it um wow. yeah we have that's where we just uh when we, when we came out here we grinded it out with that band very like cliche pop punk we were all like black and white um <laughs> so we just came out here and just grinded the scene out because we came from detroit we didn't really know anyone and we didn't have like fans so we came out here and we just like we're like, all right, whose fans can we go out and, you know, try to procure for ourselves? Yeah. And uh, we really grind it out that way. Um, but what happens with a pop punk band that's cliche and that you're, you you just really don't care about the music as much. And as, like, as dumb as it sounds, it's just, we wanted to do something that we, like, loved versus, like, just doing something that we thought would sell, I guess. Yeah. So we ended up just we did a like a transition album with film speed where all of our old fans like didn't catch on and didn't come and didn't see and then we ended up just kind of hanging low until the uh album pet heavy decibels when we uh put out that album with the other drummer for sure i mean well the, i mean that's it's interesting you so you said it was it like the album that you said you guys did did you say it was like a was it you said it was a transitional album. Was it a, like, I in my head, I don't know why I'm envisioning it like a split where half of the material is the old music and then the other half is, like, newer material geared towards what you guys wanted to sound like more. I, I don't know why in my head it, made that jump. It, it was, it was, I mean, in a sense, I guess you could, like, pull that comparison out, but it really was all kind of, like, indie pop versus this is more rock and roll what yeah. you have here with Filthy Now. The first album that we ever put out as film speed is like buried in the catacombs <laughs> of vaults. But uh, <laughs> it, it was it was a lot more poppy uh, than what this album or the last one, if you listen to the last one either. For sure. Um, well, I guess, so at what point did the material for Hexadecimal start to come into the picture when you guys had done those albums the one that's now buried in the vault like when did i guess when did the first kind of writing ideas for that start to come forth 
I guess maybe like right after, because once we split with Johnny Z, the, the, the drummer who's now doing astrophysics, he's a really, he's a very, very pop-minded uh, writer. He just is. Pop, not, pop music, like if you ask him what he's listening to right now, he's probably going to tell you some of the most modern countries. Like, so he's like, oh, Kelsey Ballerini has this amazing song right now. You're like, what? Because he's... <laughs> Just pop hooks for that guy. So I think as soon as we actually switched over and got a second drummer with Dr. Mo, um, especially for the Heavy Duffel re- record, that guy's like number one drum influence is John Bonham. So it was already just in changing drummers that kind of just positioned us into a completely different style. His Dr. Mo's style was, I don't want to say completely opposite, but nowhere near the same style as Johnny Z and just in totally different ways. Um, but it, it was that that just already kind of pushed us more towards uh, the rock and roll end of things. Uh, and now that we have Oliver, I imagine that whatever we come out with next is going to have just a little bit more of him, his influence as well. I mean, just as three people, when you change one out, it, it makes quite a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, if we're if we're talking about trios and we're talking about that comparison, I mean, look oh. at look at. I mean, this is the kind of the cliche one to go to, but look at Blink One Eighty Two. They changed oh, like a God, core right. member, and it's and I'm not saying anyone who's listening to this. I'm not saying anything bad about Matt Skiba or any new iteration yeah. of this band. Any, I actually oh, yeah. do. I actually did like California, but at the same time, it did it changed them. It it's got more of a yeah, sound yeah. like Plus Forty Four. <laughs> Yeah, that album sucks, dude. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, it's I. I mean, s- he took over a lot. He took over a lot. They gave him basically his own voice. He took yeah two dudes like sounded. They both had uh, an extremely unique, branded, um, unmistakable type of style. Now yeah. Um, and then you throw in the ski. But I mean, if you're like old school, then you know Aqualine Trio, and you're stoked. But if you don't know who this guy is, you're like, who's this guy trying to be Tom Dwight? Yeah, exactly. You can't put together a pop punk like super trio and call it a giant band that's just one, you know, a couple of the members. Yeah. Of the band. Weird. That's like it's not Blink One Eighty Two. Like if Cream was <laughs> like, you know, I think we're just gonna switch out Clapton. We're just gonna switch out Clapton. <laughs> Jack Bruce. We're gonna do Ginger Baker and let's go with. Uh, Let's go. Let's go with Jimmy Page. Can he sing? No. Yeah. All right. Let's try it. <laughs> it's still crazy. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. I mean, but going back to your point of what you're saying, yeah, it's like changing <laughs> one core member in something like a trio. Yeah. It changes up even in just even in the smallest way. It'll it, it can affect the sound yeah. and do something uh, with it. I mean, when. What was I going to say next? I was going to say it was about, oh, I was going to ask you what the album title represented in terms of, I mean, it's an interesting phrase, uh, hexadecimal. Yeah. What does it represent yeah. um, if, if there's any kind of meaning behind it, any just like, oh, yeah, it was just me. a cool name? Like, yeah, um, what, what, sure. what does it represent? Well, the three of us, after we, like Oliver, Nick, and myself, after we realized it was going to be a full length, we were actually under <laughs> the album title was probably one of the last things we thought of, uh, just because ah, it was <laughs> we was really low on our priority list. So when a game came time to all three of us were in a room and we were like, okay, let's just start spitballing. 
we discovered that all three of us have like this fascination with with time you know the concept of time personally just myself speaking i have been obsessed with the concept of time since i was like born like i'm obsessed with it it's always running out never have enough of it can't buy any more of it kind of deal and so we were ripping back and forth on that stuff we stumbled into a wikipedia rabbit hole as everyone always does and just kind of discovered for ourselves that there's evidently multiple different ways to measure time like before they decided on the system of 60 like first of all who decided that but like before, when they were trying to figure out what worked best they had multiple different things that they would use one of them being a hexadecimal system where everything is based on tens as opposed to like you know the 12 24 60 thing that we're dealing with now yeah so once we once we got a hold of that concept it was just kind of interesting to think about how there's just time is really subjective we put the rules on these things to measure it like oh, i'll be done in five minutes well what the fuck does that actually mean <laughs> we put that on there right and so even though this record is like three years in the making and it's like it's two different drummers recorded over the course of like a year apart um it doesn't it doesn't even seem that long and it also seems like six lifetimes because in that amount of time so much happened uh just personally uh band wise everything so it just fits all together so nicely to just bring up a different kind of concept of, of measuring time and the rise with our last record. Our last record was heavy decibels. So if this is hexadecimal, I guess we're setting ourselves up for failure and trying to rhyme it on the next <laughs> album. No idea what that's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, hey, when it comes when it comes time to do the double album ten year tour, you can just do both back to back, and it all works out. <laughs> there you go. We just combine it, so it's like. Heavy decimals, and they're like, "Ooh, yep. that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly." Well, um, uh, to go back on something you said about time, I, I think it's interesting to think about. Like, I had this thought the other day that, um, I like when I look back on, I, I think I was trying to remember like when I went to, I, I went remember when I went to a show or something like that. I, I couldn't remember. Uh, if it was when the show came, when I went to a show or when an album came out or something, but I was like, oh yeah, when was yeah. that? And then the thought was like, oh, that was uh, 2015. Wait, that was two years ago. And then I just like, suddenly your mind yeah. starts to fill with everything that happened in that year. And you're right. like, wow, this is, I'm not having an existential crisis at all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think my greatest fear is waking up and I'm 65 and I go, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the it's the same thing. <laughs> oh, I mean, what do you think? What do you think got you guys so interested in the concept of time? Like, I, I know you said that it was something you'd been obsessed about since you were a kid. I mean, was there was there an event? Was there something that triggered that feeling, that idea that kind of stuck with you, and how that played into the music? Well, I don't know how heavy it's supposed to be. I mean, we, uh, I, I don't know if you're going to go Barbara Walters on it, but... <laughs> um, I mean, when I was, like, when I was, like, nine years old, right, my... it was That was the last time that uh, my 
and I saw our dad. Like, again, I said Barbara Walters, and, and like, I'm a grown-ass man, so don't get all misty on me, all right? <laughs> but, uh, so it was the last time we saw um, our dad. One of the last things he said to us was, I have better things to do with my time. And I think, I'm pretty sure, if I told that to a therapist, they would <laughs> they would just close the book and say, all right, you're good. You can just leave now. Yeah. Just get out of here. <laughs> but, um, I mean, since then, like, like, just instinctually, I just know that time is just always moving. And I've used it throughout my life to, you know, just to fuel the fire of getting shit done. I mean, there's plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. You know, I just want to... I want to make, make moves while we still got the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, no, that's I, I think that's interesting, and I think it's I always like to ask stuff like that because it's not, I like to hear the backstory and how and how titles come about. What because it, it usually not all the time, but a lot of times it, there it's some meaning, deeper meaning can play into what the the name of the album is and how that sets the course for the material over set record and it always just leads to interesting stories and giving people more of an idea of what always, they're listening always. to always always definitely um what was uh we're we're almost done uh, we're uh, we've got like a f- just a few more minutes to wrap this up but um the one of the other questions i had was um i'm always curious about how bands go forth with choosing uh picking a song for a single what was it about i feel all right that really stuck out to you guys as yeah that's going to be the first thing that people are going to hear from us oh um so we we had like 19 tracks we started off with between the two uh recording sessions that we had and what we did was we we wanted to play like a game of golf to pick songs for the album so we did it we had our friends label their favorite song number one and then consecutively in order, pick which songs they like. And at the end, after we asked like 25 people to do this, we combined all the songs together. I think it was, I feel right, was one or number two. And Just My Luck was like vice versa, which is another single that we'll be releasing. Another second single. So we pretty much just did that. And uh, we also, of course, asked our management, our KR company, like what they thought would be the best move because in in modern ages, uh, it's not about how much you love the song. It's about how marketable it is because it's all about YouTube hits and Spotify playing and all that shit. So uh, we all agreed it was a good, upbeat song that we all liked and we could play and have a good time to. So that's, that's pretty much how it came to Nice. Um, last two questions uh, to close this out. What do you hope fans take away from listening to hexadecimal if, if there's any kind of idea if there's any themes or just any any general feeling you want people to walk away with after listening to the album yeah honest i mean it's such an industry that doesn't really care too much about albums anymore and we totally get that but this record was made as a record and so there's there's plenty of time for people to hop on spotify and do the singles crank it and, you know, add it to their playlist and get through the shuffle and, and, and drive through traffic, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a total time and place for that. And if you were to ask me specifically about which song, I could give you a perfect imagery for what I think that people should do. But when it comes to the whole record, I think it's one of those things where if you're brave enough to actually just put on a whole record, we, we're, 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 we're children and students of music, of music that 
moves us, the music that we want to listen to over and over again because we can't stop having that feeling because we love that feeling so much. This record is a bunch of highs and lows because all these songs are totally different. Everything has a different story behind it. So if you're one of those that likes to really sink your teeth into what a band is talking about or just stories behind music, then we totally got that there for you. And it's just one of those things where we want people to be able to put it on and just tune out, man. Like, turn off the Facebook for a second, uh, vibe out, go for a run, take a, take a long drive and just crank the tunes and forget about all the shit and just enjoy it for a little while. That's honestly the best way to enjoy. I mean, you, you couldn't have said it better. That's the best way to enjoy an album in this day and age because we're such a culture that is now ingrained with seeing everything so immediately and getting it so quickly. Like in about, uh, in an hour, I'm about to go onto iTunes and look at what comes out because on, on, uh, everything releases at midnight on East coast time. So I get it at nine o'clock here, but it's like years ago, you would have had to have gone to the store, waited until like 10 or 11 (laughs) went and maybe bought one or two of them and you wouldn't know what it sounded like until you got it in the car or home or whatever it is. And now you can listen to 20 albums in 20 hours, like immediately. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah, the, the accessibility of everything has, has kind of like thrown some mud on like the inclusivity, the, the, the intimacy, the kind of the special thing that goes with just a piece of music, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I guess we're traditionalists in that sense where we still want to be able to listen to full albums and we still are really, truly believe in the power of live music. You know, with Spotify and YouTube just dominating the consumer's like attention span, totally get it. And, and we're on board, man. If you want, we can push out single after single and I do not mind. But there's just something so much more satisfying about a big, big piece of music. Maybe we're just music nerds. Um, actually, we are music nerds because there's no reason to keep doing these things to ourselves for the for the financial return that this industry gives you. <laughs> so I totally understand that. But man, at the end of the day, um, why are we really doing it? We really do it because we really, really love music, and these are the awesome people out there. That, we know there's tons of people out there who still love records and albums and loud rock and roll that they can scream out loud. Awesome. That, uh, per- that was perfectly said. Uh, and the last question, and referencing something you said earlier, this is your Barbara Walters question. Uh, what does music mean to you? Oh, God. Man, <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know. Music, music is passion. I don't know. It's, it's the one great love We've, we've, you know, created a thing here that's sustainable. We can live out here. We're, we're still living out here. 
two broke kids from Detroit, and we're still surviving in Orange County. We're stoked about that every year. I'm like, holy crap, it's been a dozen. But the reason we're still out here is because of music. I would not be doing anything else. I can't. I've tried. I've tried. I tried to give it up a few times, and it won't let me. Um, so I guess music, if I were to explain it, music to me is a blessing and a curse. It's, a, it's an obsession, and it's a love affair, and it's torture, and it's pain, and it's beauty. And it's uh, it's the ultimate. It's the ultimate. I can't think of I can't think of a life without music at this point. Perfect way to close this out. And very, uh, very last thing, where can people find you guys online and go pick up Hexadecimal? Yes, uh, filmspeedband.com, filmspeedmusic.com, facebook.com slash filmspeed. You can actually now that it, I think it passed the international dateline. Um, the latest single, Just My Luck just got added to a Spotify playlist under the Rockin' Vibes playlist. You can check that on there, but in the meantime, we're making a music video for it, and uh, I think we'll post it all on the socials that it's on Spotify tomorrow, but then the video is probably not going to be out for another couple weeks because we just got done with the story for like today. Awesome. That was perfect. Man, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. Craig, Nick, thank you again. Drive safe, and I will get this. This should be posted, I think, next week. So then I'll just send that over to you guys, and we'll get it up for everyone to hear. Dude, thank you so much. I appreciate it. No worries, man. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye.